you guys know me, and if you've listened to me for very long, you know that Dinesh D'Souza is one of my favorite authors, and I've been reading his books for many, many years. And this past week, on Thanksgiving Day, he tweeted, I follow him on Twitter, and he posted, I believe, a poignant tweet on Thanksgiving. And this is what he said. Atheists know that they have so much to be thankful for. Their problem is that they don't know whom they should be thankful to. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So I think you can deduce that you can be blessed then. You can be blessed at least physically and or materially and not be thankful to any ultimate source of the good things that have come into your life. And we know from the book of James that James has told us that, that every good thing comes down from the Father of lights, the Father of heaven. And that's what we have in our lives. If you have any good thing in your life, it's from the Father above. And so for the believer, we know not only have we been blessed with all those abundant things, but we know to whom we should be thankful, that he is our God. Tonight, I want to take a look, just briefly tonight, take a look at an instance in the life of Christ where he healed some people, and yet the, the blessing revealed something deeper about those who had been healed. It's the time that Jesus healed 10 guys with leprosy. Yeah, the 10 lepers that were healed. This event, it speaks to us about a lot of things. It speaks to us about our condition without God. It speaks to us about what Jesus wants to do in our lives. And it speaks to us about the response to God by the true worshiper, the true believer in Christ, that there is a genuine response to the Lord. So I want to take a look at this tonight, and I've got really two points. The first one is blessed by God, blessed by God. And let's pick it up, and we're going to begin reading in Luke 17, verse 11. And it says this, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, that he entered a certain village, and there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that they went and they were cleansed. We're blessed by God. For the atheists, maybe it's something that they need to hopefully one day discover. That we're blessed by God. God. But for the believer, we understand this and never let it be confused in our lives. Let us never be aware that we are indeed blessed by God. It's God that has blessed us. Now here we have Jesus and he's come into the world. He's come to, to do an incredible thing. We know the main thing that he came to do is what? To die on the cross? He came to go to the cross, die. Be buried, resurrected on the third day, and ascend into heaven to accomplish this incredible work of atonement and redemption. But while he was here, he also came to begin to, in effect, unravel 
the effects of sin in people's lives. He, he, became, he came to, to preach to the poor. He came to, to heal the sick. He came to set the captive free, if you will. And so he came to really uh, strike at the effects of sin in the lives of people. And we see this on this particular occasion. Here we have 10 guys. Jesus is traveling. He's traveling through Galilee, Samaria on his way to Jerusalem. He comes to a particular village. It doesn't tell us which one. It just says a certain village. And there met him 10 men who were lepers. Lepers. They had leprosy. Now, leprosy is something that if you're a student of the Bible and you want to know what the Bible is about, there is something to understand about leprosy. It's not one of these diseases that just, you know, we don't hear that much about anymore, although leprosy does still exist today. But leprosy is something that as you look in the Bible that you see a lot of it and you see a lot of talk about it. Leprosy in the life of a person caused tremendous separation. For the person who had leprosy, uh, basically, once you were aware that you had leprosy, you would be totally separated out from, from your people, from your family, from the town, from the city. You'd be cast out. You'd actually go out and hang out in what they called, you know, the, where all the lepers were, the leper colony, or I guess, if you will, or whatever. There'd just be, you know, a gang of lepers out there, and, and, and they had to be together. Why? Because they were considered unclean. And they could not be with, with everyone else. A leper would be separated from the community. They would have to cry out to people who approached. If anybody would appear to come within 100 yards of them, they would cry out to them to you know, stay away, basically. And so this was the condition of the leper. Now also... When you come to leprosy in the Bible, you have to understand that not only is it a real disease, a physical disease, but it is also a picture, it's a, it's a metaphor, if you will. It's a picture in the Bible of sin. Leprosy, really in the Bible, yes, it's a physical disease, but it's a picture of the spiritual disease of sin. Just like leprosy was a disease, sin is a disease that infects every single person. Leprosy was a disease that made a person unclean. It was a disease that starts, it starts as a small, uh, a small sore, skin sore. It started underneath the skin. It starts, it starts really out of sight. No one sees it. The family doesn't see it. The friends don't see it. The community doesn't see it. But one day you see it, you notice it, you know that there's something going on. And this, this sore is kind of the way sin is. Sin can start off as just a small little thing. It starts maybe even hidden. Hidden from the eyes of everyone else. Maybe starts under the surface, so to speak. No one sees it. It's kind of out of sight. No one knows. It's no big deal. But it's just like leprosy. Leprosy starts small, but then it spreads. It begins to move throughout the body. The bones begin to soften. The fingernails begin to fall off. The teeth recede into the gums. 
the, the nose eventually falls off and it becomes really an incredibly grotesque, grotesque disease. And this is actually what happens to the, 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 the sinner. The sinner is in no less of a grotesque situation. In the disease of sin, in bondage of sin, just completely separated from God. And this is our condition without God. We have detailed descriptions from ancient writings of what lepers would go through. They would go through their body being literally eaten away. They would also, the separation would then bring on tremendous loneliness. And again, this is all things that sin does as well. It brings that separation. Another thing about leprosy is that you don't know you have it a lot of times until you've lost feeling or sensitivity. You would notice it when you began to lose some sensitivity in your skin or maybe other places. And this is what happens with leprosy. It kills the nerve endings is what it actually does. Person would spill hot water on themselves and not feeling any, anything. They had lost sensitivity. Now, aren't you glad for sensitivity? Amen. Aren't you glad for the physical sensitivity that we have? You know, when, when we, you know, you don't want to touch anything hot. You don't want to grab an iron skillet that's just burning up. You want to grab that oven mitt, right? And you're moving things around in the kitchen. Or one of those newfangled mitts. You've seen, have you seen those mitts? You know, buy one, get one. We'll send one right away to you. You know, and you can do everything. You can burn it with a blowtorch and all kinds of stuff. But this is what happens with leprosy. You lose the feeling. And, and it's the same thing that happens with sin in our lives. As sin is just... As we're in the bondage of sin and sin is repeated and repeated and repeated, there's, a, there's a, 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 a callousness that comes on. There's a losing of feeling. And it, it, literally, it literally kills the, the sensitivity. The longer it goes on, there's literally a killing of that sensitivity that we have in our lives. And Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 4. I'll have it up on the screen. Verse 17, it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from a life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being, and here it is, past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. And so here's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about being so darkened in, 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 in a person's life, in a person's heart, and, and, and going down this pathway, being so far down the road that you literally can become past feeling. You know that when you told a lie when you were a kid... And you were caught in a lie and said, did you lie? And you were like, oh. You know? And tears rolled. You were caught red-handed. There was no way out. That's the sensitivity. 
But what happens over time, over time, over time? That sensitivity is killed and you become past feeling, past feeling. Leprosy is, well, I guess at the time of Christ, it was non-curable all the way back to the beginning. You, you, well, there, there were passages in the Bible written about leprosy back in Leviticus that told you about how to identify it, what the steps that you would have to go through to identify it, that you were indeed a leper, and then if it were possible to be cleansed, how you would go about being declared cleansed from leprosy. The difference with our situation here today that we've read in Luke 17 is that word has actually begun to get out that Jesus is cleansing leprosy. This is the incredible thing. And I've mentioned this before. Maybe you've heard me talk about it. There was the law of leprosy in Leviticus 14, and it was how you would be, how it would be declared by a priest based on an examination that you were free from leprosy and based upon this process that you would be then declared clean and free from leprosy. The only issue was that no one in the whole 1,500 years from the time that law was given in Leviticus 14 to the time of Christ, no one had ever been able to use this law. And there had only been one person ever in the history of Israel that was healed from leprosy, and he was, an, he was a foreigner. He wasn't even an Israeli. He was a Syrian commander named Naaman who was cleansed from leprosy. But we have Jesus showing up on the scene now. And what does he do? He begins to cure the incurable. Amen. We have other accounts where lepers were being be, be, begun to, they were being healed. They were being healed of leprosy. Could you imagine in first century Israel if there was someone where people were being healed of a disease that no one had ever been freed from or healed from, and that word began to get out? What an incredible, incredible thing. Just one thing before we move on. You'll remember when, you remember when John the Baptist was in jail, when they, when they arrested John the Baptist. And, of course, you know, John the Baptist was this fiery guy, and he was making straight the path of the Lord, right? He was the forerunner of Christ. And uh, he was preaching and baptizing and doing all this incredible stuff. And then Jesus comes on the scene. He baptized Christ. And then Jesus goes out and begins his ministry. And then John gets arrested. About this time that, you know, John the Baptist is up, hold, hold up in prison. You can imagine that he begins to question like the whole thing. Like, I, I thought for sure that I baptized him. He's my cousin. I saw the dove come out of the sky. I heard the voice. I mean, this, this, is, the, this is real, right? This is, this is the right thing. But he wasn't sure. So what did he do? He sent two of his disciples to go ask Jesus. And what did he ask him? What did he tell him to ask him? He said, ask him if you're the one. Yeah, you're, are you the one? Not like the Matrix, not like Neo, but no, are you the one? Right? And you know what he told him? You go tell John. This is what Jesus said. Go tell him. And I'll only mention, I don't have the whole thing memorized, but the first thing on the list. 
Go tell John the lepers are cleansed. Go tell John the lepers are cleansed. Because this would explode in the mind of any person that understood what was going on. The lepers are cleansed? Okay, something is going down here. Something is beginning to happen. So that brings us up to our current situation where we have these guys that are crying out to Jesus as he's coming into their town. They begin to cry out with a loud voice. And, you know, I love these stories of the people that, you know, get healed in the Gospels because most of them, not all of them, but like nine, nine out of ten of them seem to be fairly persistent in their, you know, calling out to Jesus. And, and they, they want to be healed and they know they've heard that Jesus can heal and they're, they're making it known. Hey, Jesus, you know, would you, would, you, would you have mercy on us? Would you have mercy on us? So what does he tell them? He says, go show yourselves to the priests. Go show yourselves to the priests. You see it if you have a red letter edition there in verse 14, you see the words of Christ. Go show yourselves to the priests. And of course, this was something that if they were, knew anything of their Old Testament, of their, of their Bible, they would have known, oh, he's telling us. That's what it says in Leviticus that we have to do if we're going to be cleansed. If we were ever to be declared cleansed from leprosy, we would have to go and, and show ourselves to the priests. So they begin to go. I believe when Jesus told them that, that faith arose in their heart, the word of God. And that's what should happen in our lives. Faith, we, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when the word of God comes to us and we begin to understand and we begin to respond and we begin to do what it is that God's told us, that we can see what God's going to do. And faith arises and God begins to work in an incredible, an incredible way. And so it was as they went, what happened? They were cleansed. As they were going to the priest to be checked out. And it's just as, as if God blessed the faith of the lepers. They responded to the word of God. Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, as they stepped out in faith, as they responded to the word of the Lord, they were healed. They were healed. And let that be a call to us that, that to respond in faith to the word of God. To hear what the word is, to respond in faith, and God will bless. Now, God might not bless in exactly the way that you know, we, we are, are hoping for. There might be other plans, there might be other aspects of the will of God for our lives, but, but I believe God is going to bless us. I believe that no matter what God wills to do in our lives, if, if we're responding to his word and we're responding in that obedience, that I can tell you that you're going to be blessed, that you're going to be blessed no matter what. Amen? So we're blessed by God, and we can see that even in this text. But then the, the, the next key is to realize we need to be thankful to God. Amen? Let's pick it up in verse 15. In Luke 17, it says this. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned. And with a loud voice, he glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, was there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any 
found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. The correct response for the believer in realizing that we're blessed by God is to be thankful to God. Amen? To be thankful to God. When you realize you're blessed by God, the true, the true worshiper is full of thanksgiving. Now, we've just had Thanksgiving, and this is a good text for Saturday after Thanksgiving. Amen? Because it just kind of reinforces everything that we know, everything that we've been taught, everything that God has led us in, in what he's done in our lives and what our response should be. So the true believer, the true worshiper, is thankful. The true one who wants to realize that they've been blessed by God. So you have the ten. They responded to the word of the Lord. He sent them on their way to the priest. On their way, they realized that they were healed. And one of them, he looks and he notices that he was healed. One of them. I think probably all of them did. But one of them says, hey, I'm going to go back and, and give thanks. I'm going to go back and thank Jesus that he's done this. I mean, the connection between the command to go and show themselves to the priest and the healing was pretty obvious that they had responded to this word, they were healed, and now, hey, let's go back and give thanks. And so one of them, of the ten, returns to give glory to God, and he does this with a loud voice. Can you imagine? You put yourself in that position of being a person in the first century in, in Judea or Samaria, being a leper, being an outcast, being isolated in every which way, and, 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 and realizing that you were cleansed, what would you do? And Christian, this is exactly what has actually happened to us. When we've been cleansed from our sins, we have been set free from that sin disease. We've been set free and we've been healed of a spiritual disease, the spiritual disease of death, and we've been brought out of bondage. When, when Peter, quoting Isaiah where Isaiah says, by his stripes we are healed, we often think about physical healing there. But really, what God came to do is bring spiritual healing to us, and that's what he came to do. Yes, sometimes the physical healing is a part of what he wants to do, but ultimately, ultimately, it's a spiritual healing and giving life to people that are literally dead in their sins. So the one comes back, giving thanks with a loud voice. Wow. But Jesus, he says, well, wait a second. Weren't there 10? <laughs> Weren't there 10? Now, if you were Jesus, you would think, right? I mean, put yourself in Jesus' shoes. If you were Jesus, you would think that if 10 were healed, 10 would come back. Just like this guy with a loud voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. Thank you for doing this for me. But no, for whatever reason, I don't know. I do not know. For whatever reason, God was in their minds, their heads, their hearts. One guy comes back to give God the glory. And he's a Samaritan. Now, when, when you read the Gospels and you come to the, these places where there's these qualifying little sentences, you, you mean, they're there for a reason to, 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 to really kind of bring a crispness to the whole story. 
here's a guy that's, again, not even an Israelite, a true Israelite. I mean, the Samaritans were the half-breeds. They were Jews that were the byproduct of the Assyrians who had come in and conquered the northern kingdom and, and produced this half-breed. And so for that reason, they were, they were shunned. They were looked down. So he's already shunned for being a Samaritan. And here he is double shunned. And he's the one guy. He's the one guy. So, man, I guess that's a lesson Forever, for whoever you are. I mean, how many times do you feel like, how, how many ways in which do you feel like you've been pushed to the outside, the out, 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 outside the circle? Here's a guy that in every which way was an outcast and outside the commonwealth of Israel. And he's the guy that comes back. One commentator put it this way. Ten lepers were sent to the priest. One came back as a priest, bringing a sacrifice of praise. Amen? I, I liked that. I thought that was good. Ten were sent to the priest. One came back as a priest. Um, the message is this. The true worshiper, the the person who's a true believer, who realizes what God has done with them and that they've truly been blessed in every which way by God is the person that is a true worshiper that comes and gives thanks. Being a true worshiper is being like this guy, the one guy who came back to give thanks, the one guy who makes his way back to Jesus to give thanks. It's something that we need to do and make a practice, a regular practice in our lives. Not just a day of thanksgiving, but a life of thanksgiving for the believer, really. And this is, you can see all the way through scripture. Amen? You can see this all the way through scripture. And looking for the ways in which to be thankful. Looking for the things that God has done in your lives. Sometimes as you go on, you're a thankful person. You know, hey, I know God saved me. God's given me life. God's given me a great family. But looking for all kinds of, there's a myriad of ways. I, I think that if, if, if we just set out on our day, we would find, you know, a bunch of new ways every day to be thankful in, for the things that God has, has done for us. Amen? I mean, can we exhaust trying to find the things, the, 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 the ways in which God has blessed us? I mean, do you think we could get to the end of it and say, well, we've totaled it all up. We've got it all written down. We've got it all journaled. We've got it all. Here, here it is. It's all, you know, coded and put in a book. I think our lives become just this, you know, search to, to discover every which way that God has blessed us and give thanks. Amen. Another commentator, actually on this actual idea, he wrote in his diary, uh, well, he was robbed of his wallet. And he wrote in his diary that night all the things that he was thankful about the situation, about being robbed. Okay, so right off the bat, you're like, okay, ding, 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 you're robbed, okay? So why are you writing a list? Why are you writing in your diary about being thankful? But this is actually what he wrote. First, 
He was thankful that he had never been robbed before. <laughs> Amen. Second, he was thankful that they took his wallet that they did not take his life. Third, he was thankful because even though they took it all, it wasn't that much. <laughs> and finally, he was thankful because he was, he was the one who was robbed and not the one who was robbing. He was thankful that he wasn't the robber and the one being robbed. Wow. Now this brings a whole new perspective of being thankful for, you know, in every which way that we could be thankful. I mean, not like the hypocrite who prays, thank Jesus, I'm not like these people over here, but truly thankful for having been spared of going in a certain path, making a certain decision that would have brought certain destruction in your life. Wow, being thankful in that way. What did Jesus tell this guy at the end? He says, verse 19, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. In that sense, there was an extra healing for this one guy that came back to thank Jesus. When Jesus said this, he, was like, he likely meant God's work within the man's heart was done. That, he, that his faith had made him well. That he truly had become a follower of Christ. Amen. And that's the most important thing. I mean, to be healed and not allow that to bring you into salvation, to bring you into that state of being with the Lord and being a true worshiper. The other lepers, in that sense, they perhaps had whole bodies, but still sick hearts, not being thankful. Amen. Let me wrap it up tonight by saying this. In the Old Testament, the priests were given the job of bringing a whole series of sacrifices before the Lord. The priests, if you read through the Torah, you, you see the priesthood, and they were responsible for giving a whole series of sacrifices, making a, a whole series of sacrifices. The burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the trespass offering, the sin offering. Those five offerings. And then that's just to get started. There were all kinds of daily offerings. There were morning offerings, nighttime offerings. There were a whole lot of other sacrifices and offerings, including what was called a thanksgiving offering. A thanksgiving offering. Leviticus 22, verse 29, you'll see it on the screen. And when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. And this is what we're called to do. If we are like that 10th leper, we are to bring that thanksgiving offering and we bring it of our own free will. And I love that about all the offerings. 
Because if you read the book of Leviticus, and we won't read it tonight, okay, amen? Amen, you're ready to go back and get some pumpkin pie or whatever. <clears throat> but the, off, the, the, the sacrifices were called for by those who would respond and do them of their own free will. Not under a coercion of any kind, but of your own free will. Amen? Now, we no longer go to the temple. Anybody been to the temple? No, you haven't because it's not there. There are no sacrifices being made. There are no lambs being slaughtered. There are no oxen being slaughtered. There are no turtle doves being slaughtered. We no longer go to temple to offer sacrifices, even the Thanksgiving sacrifice. We don't go to temple. But what we do do is we're to continually offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Amen? To God. And the writer of Hebrews tells us exactly how to do that and what that is. Hebrews 13, 15, it says this. Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How do we do it? To continually offer the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. So the true believer is to really be a person who is continually thankful, praising God for all that he's done. Amen? So I want to close. I just said that I was going to close, right? But this is the real close. <clears throat> and early tonight. Because Well, that, that says it's 7 at 7.05. So anyways, that's way wrong. <laughs> I want to close by reading just five verses from Psalm 103. Okay? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's.